let's talk about ghosts. The housewives of Wales. <laughs> it's not the housewives of Wales. House witches, yeah. <laughs> hey everyone and welcome to the real house witches of South Wales. So hi Laura, how are you today? How are things going? Hi, I'm good. Yeah, things are not much different from the week previously because that's how lockdown goes every week is the same (laughs) yeah so we are still in lockdown here in wales so like i said in the previous episode the next couple of episodes are recorded via zoom because laura and i cannot meet in purse so instead we are meeting via technol and we are meeting on zoom so yeah, so we're recording all of our episodes via Zoom and having the best time of our lives. Um, eventually, me and Laura will be able to meet in person, but at the moment, it's not hap. So um, I think what we're going to have to end up doing is just record via Zoom, like I just said, which is great. Um, so yeah, but like talking about like technology and recording it via Zoom, Hun, have you like been impacted yet by the Mercury retrograde? Because we're in that right now. To be honest, no. Um, but I did hear something about the moon being in Leo. So I mean, that that's great for both of us. Um, but no, I don't know much about this mercury lecture blah 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 blah. and maybe you could enlighten me oh my god yes of course i will enlighten you so um the best way to describe this podcast is me and you laura we aren't experts you know we are learning together and we're learning about different things you know stuff that i don't know i know stuff that you don't know and then we both don't know things so (laughs) we will just learn as we go along which is great and that's why we'll be talking to guests and whatnot but yeah basically um so let's go back to let's just circle back a sec and let's go to um leo in uh full moon full moon leo now always the full moon is always in leo because we are in Aquarius season. So Aquarius and Leo are opposite each other. So we'll always have a full moon in Leo when we're in Aquarius season. Mm-hmm. If I'm wrong to say that, I, I maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But no, I'm pretty sure that is the thing. It's You have the signs that like meet opposite each other. If that's the case, then why wouldn't my rising be Aquarius? Or does it not work? As I don't, simple as that. Yeah, I don't think it's your rising because my, I'm Aquarius sun and Aquarius rising. So I think it's your moon. So what's your, let me know oh. your moon. What's your moon sign? Uh, Taurus. Taurus. Yeah, I, I didn't even know about that opposite thing. But um, yeah, I'll look into it. Yeah, moon wise, you will always have a full moon. I'm talking about full moon now. So yeah, so maybe, maybe it's not your actual moon. Maybe it's just your full moon. Did you, um, maybe it's always the full moon will be in that opposite sign. So it doesn't necessarily mean that because you're a Leo, okay, you will yeah. I, I didn't know the opposite. That, but... That's why I think. I, that's why I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Whoever okay, listening, right. we want to learn. Yeah. So we had the full moon in Leo recently, which was interesting. I did some meditation, harnessed the Aquarian Leo energy, and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but now we are in Mercury retrograde, and I think this went into Mercury retrograde yesterday on the 29th of January. So basically, Mercury retrograde is when it appears that the planet is moving backwards, but it's actually not moving backwards. It just that's what it looks like. When Mercury is in retrograde, you will have a lot of 
technological issues so and like miscommunication issues um so it's quite a bad time to sign any contracts because you should really focus on the fine print they say because otherwise you will miss quite obvious things or things that can cause you trouble down the line so mercury always creates issues with communicating with people and communicating um just in general sort of senses things go wrong basically Oh, well, interesting, because my laptop, this is like really like, probably like not even relatable at all. But <laughs> when you say about technological problems, my laptop kept freezing the other day. I turned it off like five times. Yeah, exactly. This is the thing. You'll notice things like that. You might even notice that things get like deleted on your laptop or something crashes or, you know, just basically a lot of inconveniences might come along. But yeah, what you kind of need to avoid during the Mercury retrograde is things like making any major purchases. So don't go buying anything like technological wise because you might have issues down the line with it. So don't go getting like a new laptop. Don't go getting a new mobile phone. I'm not saying you're going to buy one and then it breaks, but this is not a good time for that according to the stars well I, i've been thinking of getting a new laptop for like the past few months but i'm too lazy to get one so maybe i should just hang on for a bit longer yes wait wait until we're out of the retrograde which i think is in about three weeks time again i might be wrong on that but that's kind of what's in my head that it lasts for about three weeks so yeah don't go buying any new laptops just yet hun also things that you shouldn't really be doing is making any life-changing decisions so this is not the time to think about moving out or signing any contracts on moving out or anything like that don't go on any first dates hun like cancel all your dates i know we're in lockdown but like cancel them <laughs> It's interesting though because um, my Mercury is in Virgo and um, those people are said to have like problems with like communicating because we're in lockdown we're not really doing that anyway so that's my Taurus moon is like thriving because Taurus moons love to like just stay at home and just do nothing. <laughs> my Leo moon is not thriving with this lockdown. My Leo moon is like come on get out there be a star. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That doesn't make sense. But that's interesting about your Mercury in Virgo. Mercury is the planet of communication. Yeah, we may maybe talk about that as like a whole, not a whole episode, but like involve it a little bit more because it is, when I was reading in my birth chart, like some of it, a lot of it is relevant to you, some of it's not. That Mercury section I did find was quite relatable to me. No, definitely we'll have whole episodes on astrology and our birth charts and all of that sort of stuff and that's why I really want to get an astrologer in to talk with us about that because as you can see from this episode there are things we're not clear on mm -hmm. there's things that we think we know and then we doubt ourselves whereas an astrologer yeah. like yeah no no this is that this is that this is that yeah this is why but also an interesting thing about the birth charts which I've been learning about and I'm not an expert on it but your birth chart there's two different birth charts so you have a whole house system where every planet and every um every sort of thing gets put into each of its sign so at the moment with say if for example like mine so my moon and mars is in the sixth house on my i think it's called placidus chart so mine is in the sixth house but then on a whole house system it's in my seventh um and they say that you should look at both because then you can see which ones relate more to you yeah well that's what i was confused about because remember i said to you i was like why are there two charts and we were both like oh i don't know and now i i yeah i, I do realize now that there are two but i still find it 
confusing. So at the moment, I tend to refer mainly to, and I, I hope I'm saying this right, but my Placidus chart. So my one that um, basically is not divided into each zodiac sign. But I have been referring back to my whole house sign um, chart, mainly so I can easily say, oh, well, I know that I've got this, this and this in Aquarius and this, this and this in Leo. Whereas when you're looking at the Placidus chart, you can kind of get a bit lost trying to think, okay, well, where's, why, why is this one in Leo, but then the planet next to it is in whatever, you know, sort of thing. The whole house becomes useful there, but I haven't actually looked at the qualities of you, of whole house because it confuses me that they're in different houses. Yeah, I, I was following the planet chart at first. I thought it was quite easy because each planet represents like something like, you know, communication and you can just follow it like that like the house chart sort of confuses it a little bit. Yeah, no, it does. Do you want to hear about the positives of the Mercury retrograde? Yeah, sure. The positives are you should be focusing on using your intuition rather than logic. So if something says to you, no, don't do that, and then you override it by saying, no, it will be fine. You should be listening to your initial thoughts. You should look at problems or issues from a new perspective and with a new understanding. And you should probably be quite flexible with your plan or situations mercury retrograde is basically like oh don't go traveling at this time or like get used to travels not happening but of course lockdown not happening we can't do that but then maybe that has something to do with jupiter and saturn yeah you know trying to like predict when traveling will actually be able to happen probably not yet no probably not yet at all although if we are going to look at it from an astrology basis you might find that travel kind of becomes a bit more normal just after i don't know maybe just after may-ish time basically because we've got jupiter and saturn in aquarius supposedly that is completely limiting travel you've got jupiter that is the planet of travel but then you've got saturn that's a bit more like everything needs to kind of calm down and there's restrictions with saturn basically when that has happened we've tended to go into lockdowns or restrictions come in and that sort of stuff so jupiter does leave aquarius briefly from may so maybe from May, we kind of open back up, but then Jupiter will be back with Saturn in Aquarius later on in the year. So who knows? We'll have to just kind of see if that actually comes to fruition. Oh, oh yeah, because that's the exact same thing, the exact thing that happened last year. We all had like a little bit of a break in the summer. We just like did whatever we wanted. And then we went in lockdown again in September. So probably happen again in 2021 so yeah basically hun just stay woke during this uh mercury retrograde okay <laughs> okay yeah i'll try <laughs> let's talk about ghosts yes our paranormal experiences yes 100 percent. so so i was thinking <laughs> you lead it go 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 <laughs> you go first <laughs> see this is mercury mercury communication <laughs> like it's completely throwing me off course <laughs> okay i'll go i'll go well because i was thinking earlier about how most of our paranormal experiences have been when we're together not just because we used to go ghost hunting together but we've also had experiences you know just like not doing anything to do with the paranormal if i remember correctly our very first weird experience together was when we were like 12 and it was at your house in your room with like two other friends just hanging out and then we hear that woman cackling, like right outside, like in the garden, like a witch. <laughs> like, I feel like we don't talk about this enough because I do think 
that it was like a cultural reset. <laughs> a huge cultural reset. For clarification on this, this was in my parents' house. So I, I don't live with my parents anymore, but this was in my parents' house. And my parents' house tended to go through um, phases of sort of paranormal activity. I wouldn't necessarily call it a haunted house, but there were periods of time over a couple of weeks, sometimes months, where paranormal activity would happen and then for months maybe even a couple of years we would have nothing you know so it kind of went through periods of um, activity also when we talk about witches laugh we're very much talking about that uh, stereotypical witches laugh the hollywood sort of witch wasn't it because it was like a cackly laugh a woman's cackly laugh it was so weird like it sounds really weird when you think about it, but it did actually happen. It was like like a cackle, like a witch's cackle. And like it couldn't have been kids like walking around, messing around outside, because it was like right outside the window in the garden. What else could it have been? Like why why would that happen? <laughs> why would we hear that? And obviously there was nobody outside because there was nobody in the garden and all that sort of stuff. Maybe it came from the woods and sound carried, but I mean there's no way of proven that and it sounded a lot closer than the woods really it did yeah it sounded like right outside but yeah your, your house your parents house it's quite old isn't it it's like about 100 years old and I know like over the years you've told me a lot about stuff that's happened there but like you say it's not like all the time whenever I've like been in that house it does have like bit of a creepy feel to it my parents house is yeah like you say it's over 100 years old now but it is kind of it stands on its own it's on a hill there's woods kind of around it really which is fine but yeah it's been it's been there long enough to have a lot of history my mum has had a lot of experiences and my family have had a lot of paranormal experiences um before i was born even and that wasn't in the house they're in now it was in just general houses like new builds and things like that so i remember my mum had gone to a psychic and the psychic said to her that she has the ability to hear she she can't see things and she's not psychic but if she were to develop that she would very much be able to hear things you know and She's very much had a lot of experience with experiences where she has heard things. So she's heard like voices kind of say something to her, like whisper in her ear. She's felt physical things. So things like somebody tapping her. The psychic said to my mum that, you know, if she wanted to, she could develop it. But mum was a bit too scared to develop it. And haven't you seen like actual figures in the house as well? Yeah. So in the house, it went through periods of time where things would be quite active. The one thing I remember seeing was I was in my bedroom. It was quite late at night and something woke me up. I heard a thud, like something falling on my laptop, which was at the bottom of the bed, like on the floor. So I woke up to that, to something falling on my laptop. So I got up had a look around the room, couldn't see anything, looked over at the laptop, you know, at the bottom of the bed, there was nothing on my laptop. So I'd heard something fall on it, but there was nothing actually on the laptop. So I thought, okay, fine. As I was laying back down to sleep, I was um, lying down 
and then I saw this figure walking towards me and it was it was a woman she had her hair all scraped back um quite tightly very slicked down and she had it up in a bun on the top of her head she seemed to be disembodied so I couldn't see her full form I couldn't see her arms or legs I could just see this like she was very pale white she seemed to be wearing a hood I could see her hair but the hood seemed to be like around her as if she was like engulfed by like like a black gown almost or something even though I couldn't see her form there was something else around her and it kind of like was pulled underneath her chin as if it was like tied up underneath her chin and all I could see was kind of this disembodied face clear as day just walking towards me and it was the middle of the night you know I was very tired because I didn't really know what I was seeing so I kind of I was like oh my god that's scary and I shut my eyes turned over and went back to sleep and then I woke up the next morning and I was like did that happen was that a dream but it was so clear and I thought well that wasn't a dream and I did see something but because I was so tired I was able to kind of not react to it I just switched off from it I was going to say yeah you sure it definitely wasn't a dream and that you were actually awake no it felt very real I very much remember waking up looking over and as I was Mm. lying back down the face coming towards me and then I went to sleep I remember that very clearly I don't think it was a dream but I did wake up thinking did that actually happen with an experience like that you kind of want that to happen when you're wide awake and you know you're not in bed and all that sort of stuff but this is what happened I was woken up And I vividly remember waking up and it was there. There was somebody there. There was a woman there. Anyway, talking about this woman, I ended up voicing this a couple of years later. And my sister Becky, she said, oh, that's, um, I think she calls her Lillian. You know, her name isn't actually Lillian. Why would we know that? You know, we don't know about the history of the place. We don't know if anybody did die there. My man died there, but this is a separate time. But we don't know if anybody else has died there sort of thing. (laughs) Becky's like, yeah, no, I've seen her. I've seen her clear as day. And so I described it to my sister because I didn't know this story. And I said to Becky, my sister, I was like, is this... So this is what you saw in Becky's like, yeah, I saw exactly the same thing in my room. Anyway, a couple of years later, obviously James moved in with us. So James was sleeping. And we, at this point in time, we had a wardrobe on the back wall with a little mirror that you could see um, the window and like a little bookcase. So I remember waking up one morning and I could see in the reflection of the mirror, the same woman, she was stood at the bookcase, kind of leaning out of the window. She had a cigarette, but it was in one of those like olden style sort of pipes. So the cigarette was on the pipe and I could clearly see the pipe and the cigarette in the pipe and the smoke rising from the cigarette. Her hair was in a bun again and she was leaning against the bookcase, looking out of the window. And I saw that clear as day. And again, when I turned around, she wasn't there. James, I didn't tell James about this and I had never told James about the story. A few nights later, maybe a couple of weeks later, a couple of months, James was like, I don't know if this is weird to say, but I saw a woman. I saw a woman in the reflection. She had a pipe and she had her hair tied in a bun. And I was like, yeah, we've seen her before. She's never scary. She's never been scary, except for that one time. But I don't think she was intended to be scary. I think she just comes and goes sort of thing. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. That was only like like a year or two ago. And it is weird, especially because James is quite like casual in terms of that sort of stuff. What was your first paranormal experience? There is one experience that I have that I'd like to talk about that it, I suppose it is paranormal, but it's kind of like spiritual as well. And it's to do with white feathers, which are meant to be like a sign from the other side. But I have had this experience when I was in uni and it happened over the course of like five days in a row. The first time it happened, I was in a lecture. The lecture ended. I got my stuff ready to like, you know, get up. And there was a feather 
on the desk in front of me. I was like, oh, where did that come from? That's weird. And I picked up the feather and I kept it. I remember reading before about white feathers being like a sign. And then the next day there was one on my pillow next to me. So I thought, wait, is that like the same feather that's like falling off me? Or is it a new one? And it was a new one because I put it together with the first one. <laughs> so I started like collecting these little feathers. And then a few days after, um, I was at lunch with a friend in the canteen. I got up to leave. And again, there was a feather right in front of me on the table. You don't find feathers indoors. Why would feathers just like appear in like random places? So I had this collection of like five feathers. It never happened again. It was just that period of time for like five days where I kept getting them. And was there anything going on in your life at the time? Like anything grief-wise or was somebody... You know. Um, not really. I did. No, I did. Like the first thing you would do was think about that. Like, oh, okay. Like, why could th- what could this be? It was in October, so my nan passed away in June. Like a few months before that. That's all I could think of. But the month of October isn't like an anniversary of anything. Well, this is the thing. It doesn't have to be an anniversary for that. You know. You know, she had passed that year. That just could have been her saying, you know, I'm here you know, don't worry, things are okay, here's signs from me. I would say that was a sign from something, you know, because it happened too many times and in mm. too odd a place for those to be coincidence, really. Yeah, that's why it was so weird because I started, like, reading up about it, like, more and more into it. And it is quite a common thing. People experience it quite a lot. I remember not long after that happened, there was a feather outside, kind of like floated down in front of me, which I know it's, it's outside, so it could just be a normal feather, but I thought that was quite sort of like mystical as well, because it, the way it sort of like floated down and like landing in front of me, that was the last one I got actually, so maybe that was like the ending to that particular experience, but it hasn't happened since. And it sounds like you did the right thing as well, you know, you pick mm. them up, you collect them, you acknowledge them, which is the main thing really, when somebody's trying to reach out in, the, in that way, because sometimes that's the only way they can reach out, they would like that you've been acknowledging that. So maybe it was your nan, maybe it was an ancestor, maybe it was just a spirit guide, you know, you don't know, but it sounds like you acknowledged it properly and you trusted your intuition as well you didn't just dismiss it you know you didn't doubt it you just collected them you know something in you was telling you that's what you needed to pay attention to that yeah I think that's because like we're like believers of this sort of thing so that's what we would naturally do anyway like if it happened to you I'm sure you'd like instantly think oh I think this is like a spiritual sign white feathers for me I've only ever had one experience and it was years ago we were in a restaurant abroad in Turkey and again we were inside and conversation turned to my mum's dad who had passed away and we spoke about him for quite a while around the table And as we were talking from above us, so a ceiling from above us, floating down onto the table came a white feather as we were talking about him. And everyone was like, oh my God, it's a white feather. And at that time, I didn't know the symbolism of a white feather. That was the first time I learned about the symbolism of white feathers because that's what happened, you know, as we were talking about him. Yeah, that's quite a good example because you were all like together as like a family talk and talking about that person as well my mum struggles sometimes because he was quite a spiritual person himself from what i've gathered and i'm pretty sure he had tarot cards and that sort of stuff and he was quite a spiritual person he believed in you know the afterlife so where my mum has struggled with it because she believes Mm. then since he's passed she's never dreamt of him she's never had a solid 
um, message from him. She's never had a solid experience with him. She's had experiences, but never from him. And she feels like he would have sent something by now or he would have done something by now. But then when my nan passed, my mum was ill and she was telling herself she wasn't ill. And she said she was painting the house and clear as day she saw my nan walk past into the kitchen. A day later, she had collapsed and was rushed to hospital. She thought that was nan coming to say, look after yourself. I think about my nan a lot. And I say that you can tell if it's not a normal dream because it just feels more real. And when you wake up, it feels like you've just had like an actual conversation and it's more clear in your mind. Yeah, well, I remember as well my mum saying, and she had heard it at the time, was when my granddad was um, dying, they were in my nan's house and he they knew he was going to go. And she said that she was sat in the room and she heard the back door open and she heard someone shout, hi Cliff, don't worry, we're here now. And she looked at the room and they were all just completely calm. And she said to them, to the people in the room, she said, I think somebody's at the back door. And they were like, oh, I didn't hear anything. And she said, did you not hear that? And they were like, no, no, no. So she went to the back door. There was nobody at the back door. And she thinks this, what was happening was she thinks it was her dad's brother or his cousin coming to get him, basically, because a few hours later he had passed away. I remember when my nan was getting quite bad and we knew she didn't have long left she was seeing my granddad she was talking to him um she was speaking to him she was calling out to him my mum has my nan and my granddad's ashes and they're kept in the wardrobe in my mum's wardrobe my nephew Seb had met my nan but when my nan passed away Seb was probably oh god he might have even I'm not even sure if he was one no he must have been one or two but he was very young anyway obviously he has no comprehension of where those ashes are or talking about those ashes or understanding any of that really and none of us had told him and even if we had I don't think he would have absorbed that or got that anyway he went into my mum's room came downstairs and he said he used to call my nan nanny tat so he said oh nanny tat's in the wardrobe and we were like what do you mean? She was like, he was like, I, she was just in the wardrobe talking to me. And we were like, what do you mean? And he was like, Nanny Tat, she's in the wardrobe in, in Nanny's room. And we were like, we were all looking at each other and we were like, what? Because <laughs> there was no way he would have known that. And the fact that he said she was in the wardrobe oh, yeah. and he was talking to her in the wardrobe, it was all a bit like, we all were kind of like, that's so strange. Yeah, that's actually really creepy. Like, especially because like, he would know what ashes actually are. I have another idea of an experience that we've had quite recently together where we went to the cinema in Birmingham <laughs> and like things just started happening. <laughs> like, that was so weird. But yeah, I'll let you elaborate on that. That cinema was the most weirdest thing we ever did. Like just a nice cinema trip turned into the scariest thing ever. <laughs> we were in Birmingham and we were working on a feature length film called Clown Face, which will be available God knows when. <laughs> because it still like isn't really out properly um but anyway me and laura were busy like working on the set and we were busy being stars because we starred in this film so check us out on imdb we had a day where like me and you like could avoid the paps we could avoid the press and we could avoid the set we had a day off from like being a star so we were like hey let's go watch annabelle so we were in like birmingham we were like where's the nearest cinema and the nearest <laughs> cinema was like in this most like random sort of estate where there was like 
nothing around but this like sort of warehouse building that was like an Odeon or something. So we were like, okay, let's go there. So we went there, bought our tickets, went to see Annabelle and we went into this room that was like massive. It was like a massive room, wasn't it? There were loads of seats in there. And so we were like, okay, we're the first ones here. Great. So we sat like right in the middle. The screen was right in front of us. You know, we had seats behind us, seats around us, seats in front of us. We were like, yeah, this is going to be great. The film started and me and Laura looked at each other. We were like, Ah, oh, we're the uh, we're the only ones here watching Annabelle. There's nobody else, uh, nobody else in here. Anyway, as the film was starting, all of a sudden, behind us, to the side of us, all around us, we heard things. We heard footsteps. We heard people walking up and down the aisle. We heard people walking behind us. We heard like rustling bags of like I don't know, like popcorn or sweets or anything. It sounded like there were people around us in obviously like doing theater stuff because they were walking up and down you know they were eating whatever it sounded like there was a room full of people it wasn't the film because it was around us it wasn't like coming from the speakers and me and you were there we were like what the hell is going on like we were uncomfortable we couldn't watch the film because it was so like loud and clear and we were both looking at each other like what the hell this is so weird so then me and you ended up going right at the back of the theater sat right against the wall there were no seats behind us we were just wedged into this wall because we were like well I don't want to turn around and there's somebody like coming towards me or stood next to me or somebody behind us because that that started panicking me when I could hear sounds behind us I was like well I don't want to turn around there's somebody like sat behind us all of a sudden like no thanks so me and you sat in this corner but clear as day we could still hear people walking towards us people walking up and down the aisles towards us I know it was so weird there was like whispering there was like a voice that came from the row that we were on I think that's what made us move to the back and then we were still hearing like footsteps like whispering and I remember at one point um a member of staff came in to like look around and then do you remember when we left at the end a woman said were you the only ones in there we were like yeah and we were like really tempted to actually say something, but we didn't. And I kind of wish that we did. Yeah, I wish we had asked as well, because it was just too much going on. Maybe they know about that room being haunted or something. I don't know. But there was, that was such a like active room. I, but I, I tried to look into that online, like into that cinema, but there's, there's nothing. I know that that is quite like an old company of cinema. I think it's called Showcase. But I I can't find anything about that cinema being haunted. And it didn't help that we were watching like scary films. So we were on edge anyway. And then all of that started happening in there. But anyway, Annabelle turned out to be shit. I think, uh, yeah, the most haunted places that we've been to are the Shy Hall and I think the Skirred Inn as well. And Kite Vower, that's like really haunted. Yeah, and again, this is where I think we've talked quite a lot now, so we're going to go quite over. So we will have to start wrapping up. But these are stories that we need to talk about in part two, part three, because there's so much we need to discuss with those the Skiridin, Lankaiavau, there is so much more that we haven't been able to get into mm. this episode. We should go back to the Skiridin, and I'd love for me and you to actually record an episode from the Skiridin. Okay, so next week, let's discuss shadow work. So my homework for you, hun, is just do a little bit of research on what shadow work is so we can kind of talk about it, and then I can kind of get your ideas on what you think shadow work is. And if you'd ever do it, then what what any stories you found when you've researched stuff or anything like that I think it's quite interesting topic to talk about that's interesting yeah that could lead to a lot of things and I do need to get back to the meditation in general like I said to you that I tried to do the spirit guide meditation but it just didn't work so 
that could be my other homework is to try that again. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, if you have listened, please review this podcast. If yes. you're listening on Apple or anything like that, leave us a review. That helps. Share this podcast with all your friends because we would love more listeners to be on. And if there's anything that we've said that is wrong because we are learning, or if there's anything that we've said that you want to contribute to, just get in touch with one of us. Let us know about it because, um, you know, we really want to know about your experiences or things that we should learn about and clarify more on. It's probably, I mean, we are still learning. So like you say, you know, we're bound to say something wrong. But yeah, turn us your paranormal experiences. I love to hear... I never get bored of hearing other people's experiences. Stay safe, hun. Tell me about any paranormal experiences you get from now until next week when we record our next episode on shadow work. And yeah, the Real House Witches of South Wales, guys, you know, <laughs> share it with your friends. Yeah, bye. See ya, love ya, bye.